Hello, everyone. Welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode number 16. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver. I count it an honor and privilege to be here to, to share with you what God's put on my heart. And today, we're going to be looking at Job chapter 17 in our Bible study on the book of Job. But first, we're going to go to a little bit of worship time. And we'll be right back after this worship song.
you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spoofy, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make podcasts in one place. Mandatory call to action. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello everyone, welcome back from our worship segment, and it's true. We got to worship our Lord Jesus Christ with every breath and every moment we have in our lives. Because we don't realize as Christians how important it is to have the worship time in our lives. Just not on Sunday, but on every day of the week. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Ron, what are you talking about here? We're supposed to be talking about the book of Job. We will be in a few seconds. I just want to, this is important. Worshiping the Lord. You know how you feel on Sunday. You can feel like that every day of the week if you just give God some time. And you know, there's no excuse out there that you can give me saying that you can't got time to do it. Because there's worship songs on TV. You can take CDs to put in your car. You can take, you can listen to CDs on the TV. You can listen to radio on the TV now, on Comcast and on DirecTV. They have a Christian station which displays music. And let me tell you something, Saints. You can even display a record of old songs. There's really no excuse. We can get into the Lord and let worship the Lord and get into him. Hallelujah, like he wants us to. All right, we're going to start our Bible study on the book of Job, chapter number 18. Now, I got to recorrect to myself because in the earlier, in the opening segment, I said we're going to be studying Job chapter 17. I uh, just read, saw that on my notes. I just want to clarify. No, we studied Job 16, chapter 16 and 17 yesterday. So we're going to go ahead and verse 18. And today I only have two thoughts to share with you on Job chapter number 18. But first, let's go to the book of Job. If you got your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 21. Now, I do have a little bit of a cough today. I hope it's not going to start up. If it does, praise the Lord. If it doesn't, praise the Lord. We'll get through this. Then answered Bildad the Sulite and said, How long will it be ere ye and make an end of words, Mark? And afterwards he will speak, wherefore are we counted as beasts and repet vile in your in your sight? He tears himself in his anger, and shall be forsaken for thee, and shall the rocks be removed out of this place? Yea, the light of the wicked shall be upon thee out 
and the sparks fire shall not shine. The light shall be darkened in the tabernacle, and his candle shall be put out with him. The steps of his strength shall be straightened, and his own counsel shall cast down. For he is cast into the net by his feet. He walketh upon the snare, the gin, shall take him by the heel, and be robbed, robbed shall prevail against him. The snare is laid for him in the ground, and a trap for him in the way. Terror shall make him afraid, every side, every driven to his feet. He driven shall be hardened, bitten, hunger bitten, and destruction shall be ready at the side. It shall devour and strengthen his skin. Even the firstborn of death shall devour his strength. His confidence shall be rooted out of the tabernacle, and it shall bring him to the kings of terror. It shall dwell in his tabernacle, because its none of his brimstone shall be scattered upon the inhabitants. His wood shall be dried up beneath, and above shall branches be cut off. His remembrance shall perish from the earth, and he shall have no name in the street. And he shall be driven from light into darkness, chased out of the world, and he shall neither have son nor nephew among people, nor remain in his dwelling. They that have come after him shall be astonished at the days they shall, as they went before their affrighted. Suddenly such are the dwelling of the wicked, and his, and this is the place for him that knoweth not God. Like I said here, there's two thoughts that lifted out at me as I was studying this podcast. And, you know, it's been an interesting walk during these 816th podcasts that I'm doing with you here. Uh, with Job and him and these three friends, they've been backbiting each other. All the way through. Just because, like it said in yesterday's episode, he said that you guys are miserable, miserable comforters. And again, we're going to go through some of what they talked about here. And Bilbad suggested that Job stop speaking and start listening. In other words... We don't want to hear what you want to say anymore, Job. This is what we think, and this is what's going to happen. You need to stop talking and listen. We're here to help you. We're experienced. We're more older than you. We live longer than you. We have special jobs working for the Lord. So we got more authority here on things that are going on than you do, okay? And if I was Job at this time, I would be mortified. Why would I be mortified? I would be mortified because here is three people, one better than the other two, but we haven't heard from that one yet, basically telling Job 
We don't want to hear your excuses anymore. You did it. That's it. Let me tell you something, saints. I've been in that situation more than once. I've been accused of, thing, of things that, since I'm the only child around the house, when I was growing up, my mom and dad, something go wrong in the house. And I remember an instant, an instant, that I got a spanking for, and I didn't do it because they didn't want to listen to me. It happened to be my bedroom. It happened to be my screen in my bedroom. I was yelling down to my mom and dad from the bedroom as we they were visiting my aunt. My aunt used to live next door to my mom and dad. And they were on the each other's side of the houses that we shared, you know, uh, some grass with. And they were talking. And I yelled down and asked my mom and dad something. And they basically saw the holes in the screen. And they said, I did it. I told them I didn't do it, and I still stand to that thing today. I basically was called, told, oh, it was the ghost of Ronald Weaver, or Ron Weaver. And there was a number of times around the house that I got accused of things that I did not do. Now... Am I saying that my mom and dad were bad for this? No. They just took their, like these guys, they just took their authority, their experience in life, and they adopted the wrong way. Now, even a kid can take their experience in life and adopt things the wrong way. Now, these friends basically are getting frustrated with them because in their mind, Joe is a miserable sinner. When you're the only kid in the house, you are conducted as the only one can do it. But what my parents didn't remember at this time is I had a cousin living with me at the time, and he smoked, and I never seen him do it in the bedroom, but how we know that he didn't smoke outside the window, none of my aunts or anyone caught it, and how we know that those holes didn't get there because of burning of cigarettes. Now, at the time, I was so too young to remember all this and to form an opinion. I basically, to this day, got spanked for no reason and punished for no reason because I didn't do it. And I know how Job feels by these friends being accused of things that he did not do. Do I fought my parents for it? No. They were just reasoning out what they believed what happened. And there was no evidence to back up what I would say. And it basically would be my word to my cousin's word. And if I would have said something, my cousin would have said no. And that probably would have got beat up by my cousins a few, you know, a few hours later. 
But the thing is, I had to take the punishment because of my cousin. Now, did I get mad at my mom and dad? Yeah. Boy, am I mad at them now? No. You know, some people, when I say I'm the only child, they say, Praise the Lord, you don't know what you don't have to deal with a brother or a sister. I wish I did. Because one thing, if something went on wrong in the house, it wouldn't just be me they were looking at. They were looking at all my siblings. Okay? Being the only kid puts you in a situation that you really don't want to be there. And I'm sorry that if you're hearing my phone go off, um, I forgot to mute it. But he bear basically strong ironing him now and saying, okay, you're going to tell us. You're going to stop and you're going to repent. You got to stop talking and, and repent and hear us out. <laughs> when you're a kid, you do it. But Job, I have a feeling as we go through the next few chapters, is not going to shut up. Because Job feels that he didn't do nothing wrong. And by us, by the Bible study that we've been studying, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's done everything right. All right? And that's why the devil is after him. And trying to break him down, even now, through these three friends. All right? What's the second thought that I lifted out here, that lifted out at me as we were going through it? Bildad, second argument followed, which is the same pattern as before. That God is judging your sins since you being judged committed some gross secret sin. Now, they're taking a note here, but now since Job is persistent that he hasn't did anything openly, okay, or any kind of sins, they're saying it must be some kind of secret sin that you're into. It must be something that you did secretly, and only you and the Lord knows about it. You need to take care of it. If you want victory over this judgment, you want the judgment to stop. They're telling Job, stop committing that secret sin. Admit it to us. Let us pray and ask God to forgive you. You ask God to forgive you. And we'll move on. Let me tell you something, saints. I'm glad these three friends wasn't his judge in a court. I'm glad they're none of them are judges because they don't know how to listen. Okay? But again, in their religious views, their experience in life sometimes can and will deceive us. They've seen and heard scripture about Someone doing something wrong and God judged them. 
and judges them for it. And sometimes it goes to a part of killing. Sometimes they take things away. And they know these 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 things, okay? So they assume that Judge Job is going through a hard time. He lost everything. God got fed up with him, and he's judging him. From what they've seen in their experience. Let me tell you something, saints. We can't go always by our experiences in life. You know, I got a sermon coming up this Sunday talking about not wanting us. We don't want to be like Job's friends when we're helping people. And they actually did do some things right. But they did a lot of things wrong. And I'm giving you a little bit of preview to this. As we're listening to these friends, we shouldn't be prejudging them. We shouldn't be. We should be listening to them and praying for them, helping them out. Because really, their walk with the Lord is none of our business. It's only his and God's business or her and God's business. All we can really do is be there and listen and give advice if they want it. But before we go into a situation like that, we need to pray. We need to pray. And ask God to guide us and say the things that God wants us to say, not what we want. What God's experience of the situation is, not our experience in life. If that is making sense to you. Now, I'm not saying you can't be smart, and I'm not saying you can't be right, and I'm not saying you can't be wrong. What I'm saying, we got to learn to listen and help these people. Not be like these three friends here and basically strong arm them into a, a confession. All right. So what have we learned here so far today? In this podcast, and we're going to be wrapping it up in a few. Is this. We got to stop strong arming people. To. To. Um, say they did something when they didn't. As parents, we got to learn that maybe there was another reason that screen got holes in it. Or maybe there's another reason that the TV got broke. Or maybe there's another reason for this or that. And if your kid is really eminent about it, that's usually a sign that they're telling the truth. It's when they start saying one thing, then another thing, then another thing, then it's been turned around 50,000 times that probably they did it. But if they sit there saying the same thing over and over and over and they haven't left their guns to it, odds are they're telling you the truth. All right. And what else have we learned? We learn not to take our own experience and prejudge people. Sometimes we got to learn to listen and pray about it and let God guide us. And God needs to guide us sometimes when we're disciplining our children and when we're listening to our children to make sure God can show us what he wants us to do. Show us if the kid's telling the truth or not. God can do that. 
All right? So don't go in and be strong-minded. Go in, be loving, compassionate. Pray before you go in any situation dealing with a person. And be listening and listen. And let and they'll and make sure they listen to you. But do it in love. And you're not there to accuse unless you're talking to a child about something they did wrong. Give them the understanding that you you care and listen and ask God to show us what to do. And God will. All right. On that note. I'd like to say God bless you and thank you for joining me today on this walk through Job. And we're going to be sharing Job chapter 19 tomorrow. And I'd like to thank for the listeners that are watching. But I do encourage you, if this podcast is encouraging you, tell the people about this podcast. Tell them to go to Spotify. Tell them to go to Speaker. Tell them to go to Rocketcast. Tell them to go to Radio Public. And tell them to go to Google Podcast to find this podcast, which is called God's Internet Church Podcast by Pastor Ron Weaver, who hosts it. And let them share in the experience with you. Am I trying to get my numbers up? In a way, yes. But mainly, I want to touch as many people. Not just for ratings. Not just for this to that. But mainly, to touch as many people about God that I can in the life. So if this podcast is something that you're listening to, share it with other people. Share it with other people and help them find it to go to other episodes. Let them listen to you and listen with you the first few times, a couple times. And eventually they're going to say, hey, I want to listen to this more. Where do I go? And tell them and help them wherever you listen it to. And no, I'm not doing this to, to um, flatter my ego. I'm doing this because really, I'm saying this really because I want to touch more people for God. And bring more people into the kingdom of God. Okay? All right. Well, on that note, i like to say God bless you. Have a good week. I mean, a good day. We'll come back tomorrow around the same time. Um. And i like to look for you listening. And God bless you. Have a safe week. Be safe out there. Love one another. And love each other. And God bless you. And Jesus loves you too. And God bless you. I'm Pastor Ron Weaver for God's Internet Church Podcast. Have a good day.